but I mean, it's a, it's a male predominantly run business. And I think it's more important that the females get their due. And I think you guys are incredible at what you guys do as far as handicapping and you guys are really good at it. That's really nice of you to say, thank you for that. I mean, Nancy <laughs> beat me already, be, so. It's, it's rigged. It's rigged. I, like I say every week when I win, it's rigged. Did I make the playoffs? Wait, did I make the playoffs? <laughs> Coots and his rigged tournament. Um, you know I'm still mad at him. I should have beat him last week, but that's another story. <laughs> Everybody's mad at Coots for something. <laughs> Caitlin, you want to take us out? Coots has lost one time this season, and guess who beat him? Me. Me. Nice. Wait, hold on. Do you want me to break her? Do you want me to break her spirit now or later? I made, I beat him too. What? Oh, I thought he's only lost once. Well, one time he didn't even submit. Well, then he's been lying. Yeah. Jesus. Do you not look at the, the Are you standings? Looking, yeah, this, the standings. Usually by the time he posts them and I see them, they're like 200 messages ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I so, wish it was like, I'm at the We are back in the GOAT Zoom room with another edition of our show. I'm Caitlin Free, of course, joined as always by my lovely co-host, Andy. And we are joined by some very special guests today. Lots of women that I respect and admire, and I'm so, so proud to call them friends. In honor of International Women's Day that was just a couple weeks ago and Women's Month here for the month of March as we're starting to wind it down. I, we have a fantastic panel of ladies lined up. There's so many of us. So, Andy, I am so sorry you are outnumbered by all this estrogen, but mm, too bad. Uh, well, goes without saying that I'm always outnumbered regardless. So, um, we have two. So, on the panel today, we have... Uh, and Cora Imparo, we won't give out her real name because she's in witness protection. Um, Nancy, top 0005%, which is better than me. Uh, Mary Rufo, and obviously Caitlin Free. Joining us later will be Rogue Wolf and Sherry Gofilly, uh, who is from Canada and uh, apparently has to pay like a Canadian toll tax to be on Zoo. So, Are you kidding? So, ladies, what got you involved with horse racing? Um, you guys are all relatively younger than me. So, what got you guys involved? Uh, I'm 43, so easy on the younger thing, sir. Uh, however, I have only been in horse racing for two years. Uh, a good friend of mine, someone who I, I met several years ago, uh, was trying to talk to me about horse racing and I had no idea what he was talking about. The, the jargon was so far beyond my reach. So I thought if I'm going to communicate with this person, I should probably learn a little bit about the things that he enjoys. And so I started actually studying horse racing and handicapping vocab. And then I thought, okay, I've got all that. I looked at PPs and I'm a teacher in my real life. <laughs> um, and so when I saw my first set of PPs, 
it was like this whole new world had been opened for me because if I can read a report card, if I can read a kid's report card, then I can learn to read PPs. And so in my mind, a, a PP for a horse is just their report card. And so I've fallen in love and here I am with you, Andy. Uh, and Caitlin. And Caitlin. The beautiful. Has Sherry that jumped is, on here? That is honestly, that's so brilliant because I, I love hearing how people fell in love with the sport and really how they started to learn it. And I've kind of never thought of it that way about it being a horse's report card, but you're so right. <laughs> Yeah, like I can look and see how they did in, you know, previous subjects or races, you know, the jockey is whatever mental issue they're bringing with them to class today and yep. deal with that issue. So it's, it's been a nice transition. Uh, Mary, what about you? So I was born and raised in upstate New York in a town called Clifton Park, uh, right next to Saratoga. And actually, Sherry, I have my Saratoga fleece with me here today. I don't know. Saratoga. You got it. This one in here. Um, and my mother and grandmother absolutely love racing. Um, I just have these fond memories of them, you know, in the kitchen in my grandmother's house and, and they would just watch races and, you know, get up really close to the kitchen television and be like, get up there, get up there. Um, and when I was little, probably around five years old, uh, I was at the track with my mother and we were down underneath the clubhouse area, right by where the track is, um, their walkway. And um, Edgar Prado was coming out for the race and all these girls were chasing him for his goggles. And he sees like a four-year-old, five-year-old Mary Rufo like standing far away. He walked off the path and he's like, would you like these? Um, and he gave me his goggles that I still have today, obviously. Um, Barbara is like one of my favorite horses Sorry. because of that. So I don't know. I just have fond memories of that. And being in Saratoga all summer last summer was super fun. Got to meet a lot of people in the industry and just in love with it. I think uh, Nancy was back. Oh, shit. Thanks. Well, hi, first of all, Andy, thank you so much for having me on. So I got into it. Um, I grew up, I was born in Melrose Park and Maywood tracks right there. So um, went there as a kid. I know it's harness racing, but it was so, so fun to go there. I remember my, my mom and dad took me there. Um, and then we went to Arlington a lot. We moved out here in the suburbs. And then just last year with everything that was going on with um, Arlington closing, it was just one of those things where I just, I had to go back and I was there all the time. I mean, I probably almost got in trouble for work. I was just working and like watching um, races and I just absolutely love it. It's just, there's such a wonderful community of people. And I think that's really what um, brings it for me too. And it's just, there's tons of incredible people. My mom loves it. I mean, I'm teaching her all the time. And so um, it's just something that her and I really bond over too. And I think that's what makes it uh, extra special for me. Um, and we got Sherry Gofilly coming on from Canada. I told I told Caitlin that the reason why you were late is because you have to pay the Canadian toll tax to be on <laughs> Zoom and she bought it. So. I, 
I was just driving my daughter home from the barn. She ended up spending a little bit of extra time at the barn today. Uh, so I was like, I got, mom's got a call. Come on, we got to go. So I pretty much uh, was flying down the highway <laughs> trying to get back. Somehow I always find a way to just get delayed just that little bit. So well, how did you uh, get started? Because I know you've been around, you've been, you've been part of the industry for a while now. Um, yeah, I've been for quite quite some time. Uh, my my story is actually I never grew up around horses or horse racing at all. Um, my my husband actually took me to the racetrack to a Cinnaboy in Winnipeg a day, and I was hooked instantly. So that used to be our weekend ritual. Every Friday, Saturday, we would go to Assiniboia Downs and I learned how to handicap and to read the program and to talk to trainers. And it just kind of all evolved from there. So, and then once I became a stay-at-home mom, then I just threw myself right into it because I just found that there was so much to learn. I read books and, you know, there was just so much different part pieces of the puzzle. And I used to be um, in the financial world. So analyzing a company was a lot like analyzing a horse race. So for me, there was a lot of parallels once I gave up my job to be a stay-at-home mom. And that's, it became my adult time and I just love it. I still continue to learn. So um, just so everybody knows, uh, you have to earmuff this when your child hears this, but <laughs> it's not Asinobia Downs, it's just Ass Downs. <laughs> just, Assiniboia. <laughs> Assiniboia, but lovingly pronounced as ass downs. Yes, but I'm Canadian, so I have to pronounce it properly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I think Rogue Wolf is finally on. Um, at least I heard a child. So yeah. <laughs> so how'd you get your start? And I know you do a lot of stuff with low, or you do lo you are low country photo. Uh, yeah, photos, but how'd you yeah, get I just, um, probably started. I think my first derby we bet we used to have derby parties at home. My parents would host Super Bowl and derby parties, and I would look forward to those. And uh, I think the first uh, derby I bet on was winning colors, and then uh, continued watching and charismatic and Chris Antley being from South Carolina, which is my home state, sort of sealed the deal for me. Um, as a spectator or a fan. Um, I bought my first thoroughbred off the track when I was 14 and I've been restarting them ever since. Um, kind of slowed down in my older age. <laughs> Hitting the ground hurts a lot worse when you're 40. <laughs> so, um, and then the freelance photography stuff, I just started going to the track. I had um, initially majored in photography and uh, realized you don't get paid very well for that, but it's pretty enjoyable. Um, so I got my nursing degree and I do the photography on the side to sort of balance out my left brain and my right brain. That's and uh, yeah, posted some pictures and got picked up by a sports wire and have done some stuff for Twin Spires, but most of my work is for Eclipse Sports Wire. Very nice. So I got a question. I got, so let's, I'm going to get a little messy here, guys. Um, I'm the only guy here, so I got to, I got to know this. Y'all have been on the racetrack. Um, Mary brought up a good point. That's why I'm going to Mary first. As I put her on the spot. Um, how, how much do you feel the people that are, the, the people that you have met have ulterior motives or no ulterior motives? 
as far as the fact that you're a female? So my mother always told me when she was young at the racetrack, you know, you had these older guys that would come up and be like, oh, what do you like in this race? Just, I mean, she was probably betting at the windows when she was young, young. Um, and they'd be like, oh, what is she going to pit? And on one side of the table or coin or whatever metaphor you want to use, um, sometimes I think maybe adults see a, a child or a younger person can see something different in a horse. You know, I, I think sometimes kids especially have a different view or angle when they're looking at a horse than maybe an adult because they're looking at different metrics or different features of the horse. Um, but sometimes I, I think it's kind of a line um, as far as ulterior motives go. Um, some things are a little suspect, but otherwise, I don't know. Um, okay. I, I think I think you have to like look at the people who go to a track as like society, and like there's always going to be people with ulterior motives. But then, for the most part, I'd say people are good people, and they're just interested to see what you know women have to say. I think women are super smart, intelligent, powerful, and and maybe they just want a strong female's opinion. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, anybody else want to chime in on that question? I will. <laughs> For me, it's actually been horse racing Twitter that's been sort of messy and more difficult to navigate. Like when I started uh, tweeting about horse racing, I'd get these random DMs people offering me, you know, uh, their touts, their picks for whatever I was talking about. And then that graduated to dick picks and the dick picks were a lot better than the actual touting picks. Like my picks were better at that point, but I can't send a dick pic. So I was like, yeah, send the dick pic. But at the track, I've been, no dick pics at the track, but I've been rather lucky. Um, I got, a, I have a job uh, with Trip Note Pros. I do the editing. And so I've been very lucky to go to the track with my boss, Benny South Street, who kind of guides me, you know, like here, we're gonna go over here. And I've been in a relatively safe space every time I've gone to the track. So really it's only horse racing, horse racing Twitter that gets me in trouble. I just wanna chime in and say one more thing really quick. I was on Discord like two days ago and I'm part of a horse racing server on there. Um, we all and are. Guys, you guys are, I'm on there. Um, and some guy, some random dude sent me a DM and he's like, hot pit. And then he asked, um, he goes, I was like, thanks. And he's like, no problem. Is that your wife? And I'm like, no, because um, my username is like M-R-U-F-O. So he thought it was like Mr. UFO instead of like Mary Rufo. And like, first of all, like that's suspect. But second of all, like, how are you going to get like brownie points from a dude? Like if you're calling his wife hot? Um, <laughs> Like that, that's just weird to me, but. Um, look, number one, I told you after you sent the answer not to bring it up. And two, maybe that in confidence. Outed. Now Caitlin's going, is that really true? Did you really do that? No, I did not, Caitlin. I know you don't give me credit all the time. I did fall for the Canadian thing, but I know you <laughs> That's okay, Caitlin. Well, think of how many bullshit taxes and things are going, things that are going on in the world right now. I mean, do you honestly blame me? You know what? I put money on 
and Cora being the first one to cuss, and Caitlin comes right out of the box with the BS. <laughs> I now have to put the expletive thing on this thing. Um, what what would you guys tell younger yous or younger kids about about the business and how to get involved or the pitfalls? Can, can I chime in on that one? Just because you know what, I have a fourteen-year-old daughter, and so um, I have brought her to the to the track with me ever since she was younger because I wanted to, and it kind of goes along with the with the women comment and you know ulterior motives and everything like that. And I think that um, like I I haven't. I've been to a place where people have approached me and have made me feel uncomfortable, but I've always stood my ground and be like, you know what, back off. And I find that, you know what, once I start having a conversation and I know what I'm talking about, then the intimidation goes on their side, as opposed to me feeling intimidated because they're like, oh, okay, you, you actually know what you're talking about. Because I think the assumption is that we're just there with somebody else or we don't, we don't know anything about the sport. And that was the part that really aggravated me. Um, and I think that with my daughter, I wanted to raise her to be proud of her mother and what she does and her hobbies and what she's interested in. Because it's not something that, you know, the normal average housewife or neighborhood females get together and talk about. So I kind of wanted to make sure that I brought her with me and I took her to the back stretch to uh, talk with my trainer friends, to the media floor, to grandstands. I mean, we've been all over the facilities. She's been to Saratoga with me. She's been, you know, and because I wanted her to see the full picture and I wanted her to have her own view as opposed to what other people's perceptions of what it was. And I wanted her to to see my side of it as opposed to listening to other people and what their opinions were. And you know what, it's been really refreshing to actually see her progression as she's aged from two to 14, because we moved here when she was two years old to Toronto. So that's like, like this is her home track and her, her main on track experience, but everybody knows her as my daughter there. And everybody there has watched her grow up with me. So she's treated just like, you know, like she makes picks. She was on with Robert Geller doing like fan pick of the day. And so she's been really involved. In, and, and that's one thing that I'm really proud of because whatever she, she figures out in her life, she'll always have like, I'm the one that exposed her to that. And she's more the equestrian side. And, and, you know, like I've ventured out, I started riding two years ago and I'm way older than, than you guys but she's exposed me to that side. And there's so many things that she's shown me. But she goes to school and she talks to her friends and her friends want me to take them to the racetrack and they have a good time. And it's been something that, you know, it's just a very small thing to do from a very young age, but yet I've brought so many of her friends and they've had an absolute ball and they've been treated very, very well, even though they're kids. Everybody around the track has treated them super. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question because I think I think it's I want to get back to one other question, but um, how many of you have taken your husbands or your boyfriends because you guys are more enamored with horse racing than they are? 
I know Katie does. I was going to say I'm raising my hand, but everybody knows <laughs> that um, Kyle is basically my now de facto um, track sidekick, but he has fallen in love with racing almost faster than I did. And he is actually quite good at handicapping. It's actually pretty scary. Yeah. That's Anybody crazy. else? My um, husband. Like my my husband used to do it, but he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't go like I do over COVID. He had a lot of fun with it, but he's not diehard into it. Like I am, but I've taught, I've taken grandparents and stuff. Nancy, where'd Nancy go? Oh, still here. Still, um, my mom and I, we pretty much do everything together. So she's my sidekick. And, um, so that's just our, our bonding time. Uh, Usually when I'm there, I'm working. So I'm at Benny South Street's hip. He also wanted me to make it well known that if there are any typos in the trips, it's because I was drinking and missed them. But uh, I'm single as fuck. And so when I'm at the club, join the club. <laughs> I uh, would prefer to be alone because I don't really have many people, you know, in my life near me who like horse racing or can understand it so when I go I want to go to everywhere I want to go I don't want to have to worry about taking care of other people and their needs or wants which is probably why I'm single but what else we can talk about that later Mary um uh low country yeah <laughs> Carson I go by Carson um so I yeah um before dating my current husband now my mom was my buddy for the big races and Breeders' Cup and all of that. Um, but during COVID, there wasn't really a lot to do. We were in South Florida. Um, so one of our enjoyable afternoons would be to go to 10 Palms on a Sunday and you know you could actually eat, be around people and see the races through the window. We weren't allowed on the track, even photographers, they were closed down to just two photographers. So it was a way to still get outside and do something. And that was the first race that he had watched. Um, and that was, so yeah, two years ago now. So he's traveled around with me. Um, you know, I traveled to cover the stakes races. And when he got back from Afghanistan, we were lucky enough to be able to travel together. Um, so I got, got the bug going for him. And he does some handicapping on the side and just follows it. He's interested in it. It's a social event that we can do together. What about you, Mary? I mean, we, what about you? I thought I knew where you were going with that. Um, I have brought I, I, people. I just hate <laughs> on that one. Um, I have brought people to the track before. Um, Saratoga season, I feel like is a very social um event to go to it's not always about like the horse racing and that's where I think I can like get people involved in it um I honestly feel like sometimes I don't try to like push like the horse racing part to Saratoga just because I feel like you know it's either someone's thing or it's not um and I'm not gonna like force my friends that aren't interested in in horse racing to be interested in horse racing because I am um there are so many people like you guys that I'm friends with in this industry. And um, it's great talking to horse, talking horses with you guys. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's so much to do in Saratoga. There's so much outside in the backyard and that experience, I think 
is enough. And it's not always, like I said, about the horses. It's just having a good time for a lot of friends and dates that I brought to the track. How do you guys feel about being objectified? Um, you know, last year there was that Twitter bracket going around with uh, some guy. How do you feel about being objectified for um, <laughs> I'm 43 years old. If somebody's objectifying me, I fucking gave them permission to do it. So uh, I dare somebody to try and do or say something about me that I have not given them the authority. I will slap you in the fucking face. That's how I feel about it, Andy. Thank you for asking. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Lady, anybody else? Yeah, I think that's a slippery slope to walk because uh, maybe the objectification affords you access to something that you might not have if you were just going to the track as one of the 800 other men. You know, the ratio is obviously um, pretty strong men to women at the track. So I can't say that I haven't enjoyed being able to have access to the barns or, um, you know, knowledge from grooms, jockeys, trainers. And I may not have been able to be in that specific place physically if, um, you know, I weren't female. So I, I still think you would because of your talent as a photographer, just like Caitlin, her, her talent <laughs> as, as an analyst goes beyond, you know, the periphery stuff, but I understand it. Yeah, I was gonna agree. With me uh, or with her? With her. <laughs> okay, fine, be that way. Because I think <laughs> she's absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, I will say that some photos that I have, I, I would not have gotten, um, you know, with my credential only, you know, and uh, uh, I don't know. I, I guess there's a, a place and a time to complain about being overly sexualized or objectified, if you will. And then if that also, I think, gives you a, a little leg up, not to be pun intended or not intended up on the competition, I guess you have to use it to your advantage. It's uh, every part of this business is cutthroat from training to handicapping to even photography. These people, I mean, they'll elbow you out of the way sometimes to get a shot. It's crazy. Um, it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. Um, and then, of course, everybody knows with racing, time is of the essence. Time on the track for the horses, the time to get the photo up for an editorial, for it to be publicized. That puts you in the running for the Eclipse Award first. It's like whoever gets it up first is, um, is getting the credit, is getting the benefit from it. So I hate to say that you would use that to your advantage, but I think that, you know, if it gives you some sort of, um, I don't I know, it, then you got you got to use it. You didn't think we were going to get this messy, y'all, huh? Yeah. Sorry, but I mean, I think I think it's one of those things where everybody needs to understand what you guys go, what what everyone goes through, because it's not just mm -hmm. as simple as as one person just, you know, making some sort of stupid bracket or somebody making a comment about someone or making like you know in our chats it's it's mm -hmm. all fun and games because no one says it meanly right. or on purpose 
But on the racetrack, it's completely different. Um, you know, there was a famous trainer that used to talk about a female jockey, used to say she's had so many pricks in her that she looks like a per porcupine. So, I mean, these are the sad things about horse racing that people don't understand. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's important to bring it up because I don't think anybody should be objectified to some, some form or another. I'm gonna hop off. Thank you for inviting me on. This was super fun and it was great really? to see everyone's faces. Just because I asked about the objectification oh. <laughs> of women? Jesus. No, no. I, I appreciate the conversations that you guys are having. I can't wait to hear the rest of this. And Bye, have Mary. A great we'll day. have you on again. Mary. Take care. Bye, Mary. Bye. So, what are you guys' favorite racetracks? Arlington Park all day, baby. Arlington. Even though it doesn't exist <laughs> anymore. I'm just going to go out and say it. Anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the West Coast in Las Vegas, and so Santa Anita is a quick three and a half hour drive. Beautiful San Gabriel Mountains in the background. It's my happy place. How fast do you drive to get from Vegas to Arcadia in three and a half hours? Don't ask questions. You don't to, sir. Too fast. Too fast. I don't even know that I can say I have a favorite. I don't know how many I, how many of you guys play Woodbine? Probably not too many, right? My Only sister, if I'm there. Oh yeah. Road there. <laughs> Only from Force to Sherry. <laughs> my, my sister actually rode there. You know, like I I mean I like I, I play so many different tracks, not so many different, but I just kind of find that I feel like I'm better around about with five or six tracks. I like to go and see them all, but I don't really know that I have a favorite. Is that it's kind of weird, eh? I mean, well, I love Woodbine because it's my home track and it has a lot of qualities, but I can't say that it's my whole favorite track because I feel like there's so many out there that I haven't seen yet. Santa Anita is beautiful, Delmar is beautiful, Saratoga is beautiful. Each has its own uniqueness to it that I find. Arlington too, I mean, I love Arlington. That was, but I don't know. I just, I can't really specify a favorite. We can't technically say that it was criminal what they did to Arlington because Caitlin works for CDI <laughs> but it was criminal okay criminal. well I guess, I guess she's okay to say it um but I love that's in the pantheon of my like top three tracks is Arlington it just there's something about it um memories and all that Woodbine I like but I like Woodbine because it's out in the middle of nowhere technically yeah and it's yeah. not in downtown which is kind of nice well uh, they're and they're they're developing around it now that's not going to be it's going to it's going to be changed going forward they've, they've already got a hotel that's built onto to woodbine and they're got an amphitheater and they're actually building some housing i think which is going to be people that work there um, but the, the one thing that i do like what woodbine did is we do have a big outer turf course right? Like we have a mile and a half turf course, right? Um, and what they did is they took out the inside harness track and they put in a, a sprint course, like another inner turf course. So the inner and the outer gets, allows us to have much more turf racing over the summer. And that, has, that I've really, really enjoyed. Like last year, that was phenomenal because some horses don't really like the big sweeping turns, right? So you got to actually see 
especially for our local horses, because we're not like the States. We don't do a, lot, a whole lot of shipping all of the time and stuff. A lot of the locals stay here. So it's been fun kind of watching some of the horses adjust back and forth to, to the different courses and the different types of grass. And so if you're ever, if you're ever big turf racing, definitely tune into Woodbine because their, their turf courses are just phenomenal. And that's, you know, like they've really spent a lot of time in developing and I'm glad they did because I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of the Tapita surface. So, but that's something I do that have a, I do have a question for uh, Carson. Yeah. How much does, how much handicapping goes into you taking photos? Um, so for several years there, I would not bet while I was working, uh, you know, being paid to cover races because I felt like it would create some sort of bias on the horses that I would focus on. Um, and also I didn't, I kind of sort of felt like I was double dipping, you know, I'm being paid there to take pictures and every horse, you know, needs its photo taken in case they go on to do certain things, especially for the younger races, like the maiden um, special weights, they could potentially be derby contenders months ahead before we even know that. Um, so the only time that I will actually handicap is for uh, like the derby qualifying races where maybe the top three horses are gonna earn enough points to go and we need pictures of them in post parade. We need pictures of them, you know, candidates in the winning uh, winner circle. Uh, in the paddock. Um, so it's a, a good time to kind of find out who's who before the race happens, because after they win, they're too excited. There's a, a rush of people. You can't figure out who's who. Um, and same goes for the uh, Breeders' Cup when and you're in. Um, Eclipse has been the uh, official Breeders' Cup photographer team for four years now, five years. Um, so all of those races too, you know, we have to cover um, so we will sort of handicap the night before to pick who we think is going to uh, cover the board and get those points um, to get, you know, you know, the photos for the media to push out. And I'm going to ask Ancora this real quick before I get to Nancy and Sherry and Caitlin. How much goes into you being able to use uh, Benny's trip notes? So... I, it feels like I'm cheating because as I'm editing the notes, I'm looking at the horses that Benny, you know, thinks have a chance. And so uh, Gorgonzola, uh, if anybody's, I'm sure everybody knows Gorgonzola, who doesn't know Gorgonzola? He gave, he's mine, right? Um, Benny, both Benny and Gorgonzola are mentors of mine. So I'll get directives from Gorgonzola every week. This is what you need to focus on. And then Benny will pull me aside and say, look at this note, go back and look at the replay, see if you can find what I wrote about. And so that has been so helpful. Um, and that's really the reason why I took a second job working with Benny is because I wanted to immerse myself in it and learn as much as I possibly could. So yeah, there are weekends where Benny's trip notes are you know, really making a lot of decisions for me. Uh, Sherry, Nancy, what are your um, specific angles that you play at the track or on the races? I'll let you go first, Nancy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's I'm looking at everything, but I like to focus on really like the speed figures, past performances. I think those are really the telltale signs. And a lot of times, too, I'm going down to like the sire, damn sire, just try and see 
what is most strategic about each? I mean, sometimes and you never know, right? One one horse, they're running first, first, and then they have a, a you know last place. Does that mean that they're not going to do well in the next one? No. So you, you got to look at kind of the full comprehensive picture. And that's kind of what I do before uh, making decisions. So it's all about smart strategy, I think. Barry. Yeah, for me, I, you know, I think a lot of it depends on what race it is. Um, you know, like a lot of times I look for turf to dirt angles or vice versa. Um, I'm very, I really like the third race in a form cycle or off a layoff. Um, but again, you know, like I, I do find that there's a difference on the surface, how I, how I handicap, right? I find that that's the first and foremost thing that I look for. And then sometimes, you know what, I look to see if a horse, it takes a little while for them to find their form or, cause I, I don't really, um, I, I'm more of a value player. I try to look for where I can find a bigger bang for my buck as opposed to, um, you know, I look for who's gonna upset the favorite. So it, it, does it backfire? Absolutely, right? But for me, I kind of just try to figure out what my best race is or the best possibility that I can upset the favorite and then I try to structure my tickets around that but I mean it's a process I think that just keeps evolving like if I'm handicapping for the Kentucky Derby I have a couple different other variables that come into play if I'm handicapping for a mile and a half turf race there's something else that kind of comes into play you know what I mean so I kind of have tweaked over the years how I how I go into looking at each race but I try to be objective and I try to that's one of my biggest problems is that I have to be learn to be a little bit more objective as opposed to going, you know, sometimes I think a little bit too emotionally as opposed to thinking objectively. So. Uh, Carson, or I already asked Carson. Um, and I asked Nancy and I asked Ancora, right? Yep. Okay. Sorry. I had to, I had to, Caitlin. <laughs> you there, Caitlin? Yeah. Can you hear me? Now I can. <laughs> so I agree with a lot of what Sherry said. For me, it depends on the race, what race cycle it's in, how long it is, what it's on, you know, the conditions for the races. There are a lot of variables that come into play, as she said, for a mile and a half race on the turf versus seven furlongs on the dirt, depending on the age. Is it a claiming race? Is it a stakes race? Is it for two-year-olds? Is it for four-year-olds and up? Is it for fillies? Is it for colts? I mean, it just there's so many different variables that do go into play. I look at film, I look at the form, I look at pedigree, I look at trainer and jockey percentages. I basically look at everything I can get. And then one thing that I do sometimes is sometimes I will, you know, search on Twitter or blood hurt horse, see if I can find little tidbits of information that maybe are not like super mainstream that other people don't know. And if it's something I really have a question about, I'll contact the trainer or the jockey and I'll ask. Yeah, but you can do like that. Like I said, smart strategy. <laughs> yeah. Or you know what, like if you see something like for me, I watch a lot. I don't necessarily bet all the time, but I watch a lot. And if I see something that there was a bad trip or a horse, you know, if the, if the horse was acting up that day, I always make a note, like either I have notebooks. I, I'm a person that likes to write things out. So I, I, I do that. Plus I'll, I'll mark them in my, um, in my betting, whatever, ADW, whatever. I don't know. What, we only have one. See, you guys have a lot. I only have one. So I mark it in whatever I'm betting on. And then you know, next time it pops up, it's, it's, it's like your, your, um, your racing stable, right? 
So for me, I pay attention a lot to that. Like, especially if I see a horse that really got blocked in the lane or had a lot of trouble, you know, I, I'm big into trips and, and, and that, again, that's just because I've watched a lot. So I've learned a lot from that, like, okay, watch out for next time when this guy comes and is that the horse's own trouble that he made or did he actually get legit trouble, right? So there's a lot of those things that kind of come into play as well, I think. All right, so I've got to know this. Um, all, all of you, uh, what is the biggest score you guys have had? Like, what's the one horse that you were like, this horse isn't going to lose, I'm going to bet him. Which one is it? What is Perfect it? Cheryl, Breeders' Cup. <laughs> wow, that was fast. Who was that? Because yep. I that's my... That's my claim to fame. Per Perfect Cheryl Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita. Went off at 28 to one. I told everybody in my group, this horse is gonna fly. Nobody believed me. It was the best Breeders' Cup I ever had. <laughs> and my net bird, those were my two best ones. Um, my biggest win, and this might be something that's gonna shame me. I'm is a question I actually wanted to ask the ladies about betting. I'm not betting yet. Like I'm betting slowly. I've, I've, you know, put in a couple of bets and things like that, but I don't feel comfortable uh, crafting tickets yet or building tickets. And so listening to you guys talk has just been so helpful and, and a learning uh, opportunity, but I would say aquaphobia. And aquaphobia did not win the race I picked him for. However, I did get a text from Gorgonzola saying, I'm very proud of you for being able to spot aquaphobia. So up to date, aquaphobia is my biggest, my biggest horse. <laughs> oh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. I think that my betting strategies have evolved from I used to be a diehard like exactor trifecta girl, and now I've sort of branched out into the pick three, four, and five categories, and I'm looking at the card as a whole as opposed to um, just individual races. But um, probably like knew he was going to win uh, Vino Rosso in the post parade for the Breeders' Cup. I mean, he just was dynamic. Um, he just looked in shape. He was on his toes. He was primed and ready to go that he was not, he was not losing, not to anybody. Yeah, I loved him that day. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I, did. <laughs> I, I, I had bet him so often I hated him. By that time, I hated him. Yeah. But you know, the funny there's thing is- There's lots of those though too, right? Yeah. That's another thing, there's a lot, there's a lot of those love-hate relationships. Yeah. What right. about you, what about you Nancy? <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Nick's go in the Breeders' Cup. And my one friend and I, we were going back and forth. And I said, Nick's go is the one. Sorry, sister. And I'm telling you, she could, she did not hear the end of it. So <laughs> my second, my second one that was good, non-strategic. I just said, this one's totally going to win is Pizza Bianca, but... Yeah. Oh, she I was, was like, that's a Bobby. I literally was like, it's a Bobby Flay horse. That's it. <laughs> like, that's my only strategy. I felt yeah. so ridiculous that day, but I, I, I still won. I think I got a lot of hate for that text, for that tweet I sent out to Bobby Flay. Oh. <laughs> blocked me. Um, I basically, really? Yeah, he blocked me because I said, now that you won the Breeders' Cup, I guess you can afford to pay your weight staff. 
during the pandemic, he had put out he had put out that uh, GoFundMe deal for all of his um, restaurants, and so people were giving him crap for it. And Carson's like, "That was mean. That's not nice." She's shaking. No, no, that's not what I was gonna say. And and I'm probably already blocked. Um, but I, I, I will say the man knows his race mares and his brood mares, but he is just a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tight ass jackass. No, you told, that's what I'm saying. That's my shame. That's my second <laughs> shameful zero strategy. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think I, I think I've told this one, and I know Caitlin's heard it a couple times. Uh, the first time the races were at Del Mar, I remember thinking that Sam Siegel was going to win the the Philly and Mare dirt race, and I forgot all about Bar of Gold. And I had been playing her all through the summer, and kept getting beat by her. And the one time I forget to play her, she beats me. So I was always sad about that. Thank God for a gun runner. Because if I didn't have a gun runner, that probably would have ruined my entire life. Um, I remember that. That was awesome. What What's the one race you guys want to attend at some point in time of your life? I want to do the, um, what is it? The white turf in, um, is it Monaco, Switzerland? I can't remember, the snow racing. God, where is that? Wow. I don't know where that is. I would go too. Yeah, God, I cannot. Yeah, yeah, I see it on Twitter too. I know what you're talking about. I, can, I think it is in Switzerland. Yeah. Is it Switzerland or Sweden? It's Is it Monte Carlo or Switzerland? I, can, I Honestly, I, I can't remember. remember. I'd ask yeah. Caitlin, but Caitlin's busy yelling at Kyle apparently. <laughs> I think it's, I believe it's in Switzerland. Okay. Caitlin would know. She's more Europe than I am. <laughs> what about you guys? I would love to go to the Kentucky Derby, and I know that's probably a cliche answer, but I've never been to like a big, big day, and um, I just you love the Breeders' Cup. No, I, I had the chance to go. Benny was, you know, going to get me in, and I was ready to go, but then something came up. I wasn't able to travel. So, uh, but definitely Kentucky Derby. My only concern is I hate wearing dresses and I, I don't like the way chubby women look in those dainty fascinators. You know, I'm already built like your wedding cake. Why are we going to put a topper on? And so if I could wear jeans and t-shirts, I'd be great. But Kentucky Derby is the one for me. Nancy. Mine's also the Kentucky Derby. My dad saw Secretariat. I have a painting of it that um, he gave me as a kid. It's the, it's the coolest thing ever. So that's the one I want to go to. I'm hoping this year, if I get into law school, I'm going to go. That's, that's what mom promised me. So, do you know how many, Do you know how many people in our chat are going to be asking you law questions if you get into <laughs> I know. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. <laughs> You realize um, that. friends and family discount if y'all get in trouble <laughs> i mean do you real and you know who the top two are right no caitlin do you want to answer that one i really don't i don't know who you're referring to i really don't Coots? it's 
Oh, coots, yes. Did Aunt Cora just say we should have t shirts that say effing coots? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because all of us have uttered that at some point. So uh, I love coots. Coots is, coots is one of the most incredible human beings you will ever meet. <laughs> Very true. And um, the first time I met him, was at Oakland last year. And a buddy of mine is, uh, a, what is it? He works at Paramount Pictures. And Coots has like this brilliant idea for the David Cabrera story. He, he like talks it out and tells me about it. And I said, hold up one second. I called my buddy up and I said, you gotta hear this. So I put my buddy on the phone with Coots and he goes, let me tell you about the Andy Villanueva story. I'm like, what the heck, dude? What happened to David Cabrera? He goes, I don't have a story. I was just making it up as you were asking questions. And I get my buddy on the phone and I go, never mind, bye. I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is what that that really isn't a smart thing to do to me. But it was hilarious. So who has spooned was Coots? Spoon, no. We hugged him when I hit really big on that pick three with uh, Un Ojo. That's it. Just a hug. No. <laughs> you haven't been as lucky as I have. <laughs> I threatened to punch him in the throat regularly. I met him at, uh, I met him in Vegas. He was here with Batesy last year. And I met the both of them for about an hour, hour and a half. And then I went to Lone Star to their big contest in June last year. And he was there, double fist in beer with and CJ. God loves CJ. He's one of the nicest people I've met in horse racing. But yeah, Coots is a, a story. CJ is, CJ shouldn't, how can I put this? CJ is so not cutthroat. It's, <laughs> it's scary that he's an owner. I only met him briefly at Arlington, actually. What about Coots? You haven't met Coots? No. I'm from Canada, remember? Oh, Sharing that's right. Experience. I, You'll come down. I, I met, I met uh, Gorgonzola here, uh, CJ. Who else? Very, there's only a few. I haven't even met Caitlin yet. I'm way far away. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to plan my moments to go up to Woodbine, and then obviously you come down to Keeneland. It's funny. Literally in 2020, right before COVID hit, my next trip was to Woodbine. Had it booked and everything. And I was in Keeneland. I was at uh, Lexington when COVID hit with my daughter. We were down there. Oh. Yeah, I remember that. We were literally planning something. So COVID I has know. cut us apart. <laughs> and you know what? I never ended up getting to see any races at Keeneland. I was going to go to Turfway and Turfway shut down. And it was a... Uh... Got to be just a disaster. So I have to do another key. I have to do another Lexington trip, Caitlin. <laughs> yes, just let me know when, and I will be there. I, I, if you guys had an opportunity to go during the summer somewhere, where would it be? Uh, I, I think I would have to say Saratoga again. I, I went once, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I again, I went with my daughter, so it was. It was kind of like a whirlwind. I would actually like to 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 go and be on the and there in the mornings and see the workouts a little bit more and stuff. Like I went, but it's just not the same. 
when you're worried about entertaining somebody else. Like for me, I would like to go back there just as myself and just really kind of soak it in a little bit more. I thought it was a really cool atmosphere. What about um, you? What about Nancy? Um, I've always wanted to go to um, Santa Anita. It's just, it's so interesting. I know there's some flack for it, but just, just to visit. Uh, I like this summer, I think I'm going to go to Gulfstream in Tampa Bay. A friend of mine just moved from Vegas to Florida, Kelly in Vegas. And so when I get to Florida, I've told her, okay, we, we have to go to a, a racetrack and she's all in. So I'm excited. Uh, Carson. Uh, well, I've done Saratoga before, but I think I would go back and rent a place for a month um, and enjoy I guess the whole spectrum now that they've got two dark days, you know, go out on the uh, lakes, on the boats with um, the racetrack people, as you will, as you will, um, jockeys, grooms and backside workers, you know, they love to let loose on their down days. Um, Lake George is amazing, the weather, and then nothing beats Oklahoma in the morning. It's just really, really nice. The, Good the vibe. One, the one thing I miss about Del Mar going to six days is that Tuesday that we used to have off. The jockeys, the trainers, the grooms, the hot walkers, everybody would go down to uh, uh, Solana Beach and we'd play volleyball, we'd grill all day. There were a lot of hangovers Wednesday morning. Um, and, you know, we'd also go to the belly up, which is also an awesome place. Um, <clears throat> Caitlin, should we ask the questions that we used to ask everybody else? That'll take too much time. I'm kind oh. of away from those at that point. Jesus. I just got to find out. Who's your favorite racehorses? Anybody? For me, it was speech. Speech was the first horse that got me out of my chair screaming at the TV. And the fact that I'm an English teacher and the name of the horse was related to my profession, it just was kismet. It was meant to be. Nancy. Uh, Pizza Bianca, just kidding, Nixco. <laughs> <laughs> I got so much shame for that one. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> I was shamed in my friend group. Terry. Um, I have to go with Barbaro, actually. He was the very first Kentucky Derby winner I picked. I followed him right from when he was two. I watched all his races and I, um, yeah, I, he's, he's the one that really, really hooked me. So I'll have to go with Barbaro. And Carson. Um, gosh, Mind Your Biscuits was uh, pretty cool to watch him close. He just comes from off the screen. And um, I think Bricks and Mortar, that timer in that horse's head is just incredible. He knows exactly when to turn it on and he can, he just gets up there. He makes for some exciting finishes and turf racing just looks really prettier. <laughs> Um, that's, such a, that's such a tough question though too you know like there's so many good horses out there 
I, I remember when Zenyatta closed against Blame? I know she lost, but remember how far out she was? Like, there's nothing more thrilling than actually seeing stuff like that. That was probably one of the all, best. I know you all are young. Do you guys remember a horse called Silky Sullivan? Mm. Nope, not me. Caitlin? Yes, I do. So Silky and I wasn't Sul even alive, but I do know Silky Sullivan. Silky Sullivan. <laughs> Sullivan. Nice one, <laughs> what did she say? She said, I wasn't even alive, but I know him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. The greatest closer of all time. Yes. <laughs> greatest ever. If you guys are ever ever able to see any any old footage he he was amazing he raced on the west coast mainly in bay meadows and at um, um old emerald downs uh long acres he was incredible he was awesome to watch uh i even remember spicer come I, I saw that one on twitter again the other day yeah remember Sp like i mean there's so many there's so many cool stories and yeah i love that kind of stuff yeah, my favorite my favorite moment was the Beverly D um, reluctant guest win at Arlington Park. She was an awesome filly. She almost took my fingers off too. Um, <laughs> favorite horse name ever. Okay, what is your favorite horse name ever? Chub Wagon. Oh, I need to know what was going through the owner's mind. Like, did somebody question or no, 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 we're definitely chub wagon. I love it. The, the horses' names are the best, one of the best parts of racing for me. I love it. Only you. <laughs> we'll leave you with that. Uh, thank you, ladies, for coming on. It was great. It was awesome. I know you guys have other things to do. Um, I appreciate it. Sorry for getting messy there in the middle, but. I really wanted a female's prerogative on that. And I figured why not ask you guys because I know you guys will give me shit on uh, the chat later. Um, probably Ancora talking about something that's inappropriate. It's like you know me. <laughs> I've already been told I'm getting pegged by Brian later. So what does it matter? Um, but, Jeez, I, I, didn't get, I didn't get a chance to look much today. I'm going to have to go back and scroll. Yeah, definitely scroll back. Thank you, though, for actually having us all on. It's nice to see the faces and get to know people and actually have a conversation that's not just typing words and stuff like that. So thank you. It was a really nice idea. And it's nice to yeah, put faces to names. But I mean, it's a, it's a male predominantly run business. And I think it's more important that the females get they're due and I think you guys are incredible at what you guys do as far as handicapping and you guys are really good at it that's really nice of you to say thank you for that I mean Nancy it's beat me already be, so it's, I, it's rigged it's rigged <laughs> I, like I say every week when I win it's rigged did I make the playoffs wait did I make the playoffs <laughs> Coots in his rigged tournament um you know what? I'm still mad at him. I should have beat him last week, but that's another story. <laughs> Everybody's mad at Coots for something. <laughs> Caitlin, you want to take us out? Coots has lost one time this season, and guess who beat him? Me. Me. Nice. 
Wait, hold on. Do you want me to break her? Do you want me to break her spirit now or later? I may, I beat him too. What? Oh, I thought he's only lost once. Well, one time he didn't even submit. Yeah. Oh, well, then he's been well, then he's been lying. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not look at the, the standings? Yeah, the, the standings. Usually by the time he posts them and I see them, they're like 200 messages ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Like, so, I wish it was like, I message when you can go back, there's like a button you can hit to 